We are back on the state for Monday, March 13th, where we bring you the headlines that matter. I'm Rachel Fulton. I hope everyone had a safe and fun spring break and got some time to catch up on some sleep, hang out with friends and family, or do anything else to get rejuvenated for the rest of the semester. For our first headline of the week, focusing on campus news, the Michigan State University Department of Police and Public Safety, or DPPS, released preliminary investigation findings that detail a timeline of the Monday, February 13th mass shooting on campus. The shooting left three students dead and five students critically injured. The route that Anthony McRae took once he left campus is still being reviewed and finalized by law enforcement, police said in a release. Between 8 p.m. on Monday, February 13th, and 1 a.m. on Tuesday, February 14th, Ingham County 911 received 2,100 phone calls, 1,450 of which were 911 calls. Police said this is the equivalent of 2.5 days' worth of calls within a five-hour period. There were 3,136 radio push-to-talks by officers on the primary shared radio dispatch talk group used by MSU DPPS and the East Lansing Police Department. And a push-to-talk is every time an officer or dispatcher pushes the button to transmit on their two-way radio. Police also shared a map of these calls. McRae died of a self-inflicted gunshot wound when police made contact with him, and a two-page note was found in his pocket, which police previously said may indicate a motive. McRae had no known affiliation with the university, and portions of the note released by police have been redacted. The note is dated Sunday, February 12th, one day before the shooting. McRae wrote that he was leading a group of 20 individuals in his acts of violence. Investigators at MSU DPPS, the Michigan State Police, and FBI determined that McRae acted alone and this claim is unfounded. Three of the injured students have since been discharged from the hospital, and the most recent update from Sparrow Hospital confirmed two students remain hospitalized. For pictures of the note written by McRae and resources for those seeking support can visit the state news website. For our second headline, focusing on more campus news, MSU's potential decision to sell its farmland in Eagle Township has been a source of controversy in the small community ever since residents became aware of the possibility a few months ago. Now, residents fear their town will become the site of a megasite, completely changing the area's environment and life for residents. MSU first received the land in 2005 as a gift from local farmer Dave Morris, who had a sizable portion of land in Eagle Township, approximately 13 miles from campus. The gift included 1,400 acres, and it required that the university maintain the crop lease for 25 years. The land is currently listed as agricultural land by the Clinton County Zoning Ordinance, and it's farmed by Clark Farms. Although the crop lease expires in 2031, MSU may plan to sell the land sooner. If the land is sold before then, the crop lease would transfer to the new owner who could work in partnership with the leaseholder to determine the future of the agreement. 
MSU Deputy Spokesperson Dan Olson said he could not comment on or identify potential buyers at this time, or even verify if MSU will sell the land at all. Olson said if MSU decides to sell the land, the university will continue to have conversations with the state of Michigan about the future of the property to ensure the decision will support the economic vibrance of our state as well as the Greater Lansing region. As of March 3rd, 1,196 people have signed a petition against changing the land use map to ensure that the land remains agricultural. Many of these people are worried about the effects that a megasite would have on their town. It is still unclear whether or not the university will sell the land and what a potential buyer would do. In the meantime, though, the community's focus is on preventing the rezoning at the county level. Once the outside firm completes its assessment, the county will make a decision. For our final headline of the day, focusing on culture, following the tragedy that occurred on Michigan State University's campus on Monday, February 13th, students have turned to a wide variety of measures to help cope. Exercising and going to the gym is just one of these strategies. According to the Mayo Clinic, exercise can help improve sleep and is proven to decrease symptoms of depression and anxiety. It does this by initiating an endorphin release, which can often be referred to as runner's high for frequent exercisers. Psychology senior Hannah Greenspan went on regular runs around campus after the shooting because the gyms were closed. Stopping mid-run, remembering and mourning those affected while her heart was pumping, helped Greenspan come to terms with everything that happened. Not only is the community a helpful aspect of exercise, but going to the gym and getting into a different space for a couple of hours is a great distraction, according to creative advertising sophomore Morgan Mabby. Normal hours of operation for MSU's gyms have resumed and can be found at the Recreation, Sports, and Fitness Services website. Before we end our episode, today's weather forecast is predicting snow during the morning, which will transition to snow showers during the afternoon with a high of 32 and a low of 20. And if you haven't already, make sure to turn those clocks ahead for daylight savings time, which changed at 2 a.m. Sunday morning. I personally always forget to do my car clock, so here's your reminder for that. Thank you for joining us for The State, produced by the State News and Impact 89FM. You can find us online at statenews.com and impact89fm.org. And we'll be back tomorrow with more.